thank you everybody for joining us for another episode of Boxed Wine and Witchcraft. Um, I have with me today, Miss Holly again. Oh, hello. <laughs> I'm so happy to be back. Uh, right? <laughs> and we are discussing what Beltane today. Right. The last time when we talked about Invoke, I was sort of like so excited. I mentioned the Beltane was coming up and it is like one of my absolute favorite um, times of the year that when the wheel turns to May 1st, I know that like we've made it, we've all survived through winter and that spring <laughs> and rebirth are on the way for real this time. So um, there's not just a little inkling of it. It is in full bloom. So um, I'm going to just, you know, talk a little bit about the history. Uh, I'm sort of a uh, mythology geek. So I'll give you a little history of Beltane and the archetypes of the um, of the Green Man and the May Queen, and then we'll talk a little bit about like what I do, and you know, because I think part of this is to make it your own, definitely, and then talk a little bit about um, celebration and you know stones that uh, go with and that sort of thing. So sounds um, like a plan. Yes. Yes. As I'm staring out the partially blinded window, yes, like there's indeed. some sun today. There's sun. <laughs> I know. I, I I had my window down here, and I was just like, oh, it's amazing. Life is happening again. <laughs> so right. Well, and I kind of don't want to be inside today. Right. To be indeed. honest with you, I hear you. I completely understand. So, um, for those of you who don't know, or those of you um, uh, who celebrate. Um, May Day is, of course, uh, a European, it's a Celtic holiday again. Um, I have, of course, a Celtic background in my, obviously, my genealogy and um, and in my practice. So um, Beltane is really, um, it was celebrated in most of the Celtic world in Ireland and Scotland and the Isle of Manx. And every area has a little bit, you know, historically a little bit different celebration style. Just like uh, the Celts weren't just one group of people. I know a lot of times we think, oh, they were just in Ireland. They were just in Scotland, right? Yeah, that's but, usually the perception. Right, but no. the um, Historically, the Celts were from Portugal all the way into Turkey. And so we have just like that moniker, like European, um, it engulfs a lot of different cultural um makeups that make up a whole. So we have we have like French. I just got back from France with my daughter Violet. And I'll have to tell you more stories about this because I had some spiritual adventures there too. So no. stay tuned. <laughs> um, but um, they, um, you know, the Gauls originally were French Celts. And so they have a different, like for instance, creation story that involves um, Ioche the Seamare and her son Cernunos. So there's a lot of different variants. So when we talk about something like Beltane that is celebrated, it's a turning of the Celtic will that is celebrated across all of these um, subcultures. There's a lot of different versions and there's a lot of different like sort of archetypes that <clears throat> like the Green Man and the May Queen can sort of um, they're kind of conglomerates of a lot of different goddesses and goddesses. So it's okay. cool because if you are interested and I know, um, you know, modern Wiccans celebrate the turning of the wheel, but also there's a lot of different, you know, um, wonderful versions of the story in the way that I think it's always important to make it your own. You know what I mean? Find your roots, find your spirituality and make it your own. So the historically um, May Day or it's celebrated on the first of May, of course, and it is the halfway point between uh, the spring equinox or Ostara and then um, the summer solstice lie though. So it's right in between. It's really the marking of the beginning of summer, 
and just a reawakening of everything that started in those first few flowers that were those first few that were coming up and um, you know in amongst the snow and it's sort of like a return of the light for real this time. And for real, I mean, for in real, Ohio, for we're like in Ohio, um, even <laughs> we're ending we sixth winter <laughs> for for real. So um, it's Beltane itself was, um, you know, a um, uh, Irish word that translates as bright fire. And of course, I'm sure most of you, this is a fire festival, 100 um, percent. And so what that means is, of course, as the wheel turns, we're getting more and more light um, started in Yule when when that you know was the shortest um night and the the light started to come back and creep every single day you know mm -hmm. and so now we're in fruition of the the return of the light and so with that comes of course you know the Celts they lived off the land they believed in cyclical time they believed in there wasn't a, a beginning and an end that if you look outside and you're living off the land and everything dies in the winter and spring comes and everything is reborn then you see that and you kind of bring that to your spirituality as well and so they saw um really um energy that orin more that continues and never leaves and it, i think that's a very beautiful concept and it's mm -hmm. very connected with nature and so all of these festivals are uh, highly connected with nature so the bright fire originally the dru the druids and the peoples would um light uh, fires. And it was really interesting because what would happen is at that time, they didn't have an electric oven. Okay. Obviously they had the hearth, they had the cauldron. <laughs> so um, they would, you know, that's how you not only stayed warm, but how you cooked your meals, et cetera. So all of the towns, the, the townspeople community would actually put out their fires and their hearth, which is a symbolic, a symbolic act of like, that's your survival. So you put those out because it's the ending. It's sort of the ending of, of winter of that, you know, like um, needing that to survive. And so it's a rebirth, a re-cleansing. So the Druids and the, and the trans people would build a central gigantic fire, this hmm. huge, huge bonfire that was, of course, uh, literal, but it was also symbolic because this is a reunite. This is a rebirth fire. This is a we're all coming back to life, just like the trees and the and you know the blossoms and all the flowers. I mean, people are part of nature, and so like it was a very symbolic. And so like then the all of the members of the community would go and they would take a fire like from the that community fire and then light their own relight their own hearths and it was definitely a symbolic act that i mean this was tying the community together this was you know mm -hmm. we're in this together and um life continues and i think that's a really a quite a beautiful thought it's like the original it takes a village yeah it totally is it totally is mm -hmm. and so part of that was not only the people reuniting the the survival but then they would this is the time when they would put the um their livestock had been you know basically housed for the winter and you know so then they would put them out to the pasture but before they did that they're so connected with the spirituality that they would pass them through or around these this big community fire as a cleansing as a purification mm. as a rebirth and then send them out to pasture so it was kind of um you know, I always think that, you know, the, you know, the modern world has all of these wonderful things, technology, all of these things, but right. I feel like 
uh, connecting with these kind of roots is so important. It, it just makes so much more sense to me, mm-hmm. that idea of like, you know, being close to nature and not and reuniting with nature, not losing that because like we are all like, sometimes I feel like a hamster on a wheel, you know, and I day to day, like yeah, technology totally. work. and just, you know, you go to work, you go to work, you make dinner. you do, And I'm like, it really kind of like this time of year is so important to me. I think, especially as I get older to say, Hey, you need to slow down. You need to take time for your family, for yourself and reconnect to nature because, um, you know, it's really, it's important for not only your physical life, but your spiritual life as well. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, obviously this was a time of um, joy, of jubilation. So there was also a lot of, as Celts love to party, a lot of partying. So it wasn't just <laughs> that, right, what? Like, so there was drinking and merrymaking and food and celebration because we, you know, surviving the winter was a big deal when you don't have an electric heater and you don't have those things, you know? So of course um, it was one of the most important festivals of the year. Um, And it even survives into uh, today Uh, for a while in Scotland, it sort of like uh, early 19th century, it sort of started, you know, because of that industrialization and everything, you know, they sort of lost ties with nature. Right. But then in the, you know, 80s people started to realize hey this isn't that really that great we need some spirituality in our lives and so there mm-hmm. the his, there's a um actually part of the uh like it's a historical um uh society that has reenacted an actual um um like um country wide uh, event in Scotland which I would love to attend at some point in my life but um <laughs> it's kind of a maze balls but um anyway um you know, I, I feel very blessed to have come to this in my own like spiritual path and the, mm-hmm. you know, to continue this. And so basically, um, you know, all families were very connected in this again. Um, I think that, um, it was definitely a time when young, young, um, people who were interested in each other would dance the maypole. They would, uh, and of course that was, um, you know, it looks pretty. It's a maypole with strings mm-hmm. and everyone's dancing, but it is, of course, a, fa- a phallic symbol. And of course, it has everything to do with um, with basically uh, sexuality and pairing up and that sort of thing. So you better believe that, of course, during all of this um, joy and partying and celebration, people were frolicking in the woods. And I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is an all age podcast. Right, exactly. <laughs> but you know, there's nothing wrong with that, because Lord knows that's part of, you know, enjoying life. And so definitely, there it was a time of, um, you know, joy, renewed energy, life creation, revelry, sexual energy, all of these things. And just sort of casting off all of the darkness and and sort of like, the dead limbs of winter and the, it's both symbolically and literally. And so the May queen and um, we, t- I started to talk about this. So of course we had sort of, sort of like a, almost a passion play that was reenacted in these, in these celebrations. So they would actually have people that would re- like be physical representations of the May queen and the green man, like in a lot of these communities. And it still goes on even today. So the May queen is kind of like, um, she's ushering in the summer by really transforming the green man. Now, and we talked about this a little bit, like how I've always loved the green man. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like, 
like when you think of the green man like what do you like what do you think of like i mean the first thing that i think of is um you know i grew up an army brat and when we got sent over to germany the one hotel that we were staying in in Landstuhl, like behind uh, them were these little stumps and uh, they were carved into different faces uh, cool. and that started my obsession yeah. so i always kind of think back to that yeah but um in learning that I was always shocked to like find his face portrayed differently as yeah. the seasons go. Cause you really only see it in the leafy green. Right, exactly. You don't see it as right. much, yeah. you know, in those other season representations. And that's really cool because like you, we were saying earlier, the, the Celtic world was, it, you know, Germany, that, that was part Celt. I mean, that was all Celt. So mm -hmm. it's really cool. Like the different versions that you see. So like I said, it isn't like that whole idea of agreement is like archetype. It is that forest spirit that, um, there's something in, in the forest that is both wild and natural and connected to nature, but also the unknown, you know, there's, you know, there's a little fear. Sometimes the green man freaks people out a little bit if they don't know, you know, like, right, um, right. but, um, in, in the like sort of passion plays that, that live out, the May queen is really the one, um, she's sort of based on really Bridget. So in the old Celtic stories, I've told, I think I've alluded to this in, in some of the podcasts before that we had the Kaliak, which was the winter's hag. So she ruled the winter's hag with her consort, the win, like the winter king. But they're always consorts. They're they're not quite up to par to the goddess, quite frankly. So, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, um, when in the spring during Imbolc, um, you, the as the tale goes, the Kaliak would turn to stone and, and return to the earth into a nat nature spirit, and then Bridget would reawaken. Mm -hmm. And then this is the fruition of, so the May Queen is based on, I would say, different archetypes of, like, of, uh, and Bridget is certainly one of them that is associated with her. Um, and basically the May Queen um, is not too pleased with the green man because the green man comes to the, this hill where they're they're going to you know meet, and he is acting awfully arrogant and awfully uh, full of himself because he's forgotten about the goddess and and that she gave um, what she has given to him, and um, so as part of this passion play. Um, he comes in and he looks a hot mess. He looks like a typical guy that hasn't shaved in a, in a month and <laughs> his hair's everywhere and his branches are all awry and he looks terrible. Right. And so um, when he comes and when he comes, um, he is being arrogant and she is not very pleased with him at all. But, you know, she is put out with him. So uh, um, he reaches out for whatever reason, he cleans himself up a bit and he, and he reaches out to her because he thinks they, you know, he's made up. Right. No, but the big no, no is that you don't, you don't touch the May queen without her permission. Oh, I like her even more. Yeah. And she, she immediately kills him because of this. Oh, but brownie points, mm -hmm. <laughs> but then all of her handmaids lift him up. And usually, even in the plays today, that they they would strip him literally, and he would be um, supported and raised up by female handmaids of of the May Queen. Okay, and lifted up, and then she would, um, on her own terms, basically revive her, revive him, and uh, um, and bring him back to life. And then he would start over, and he would then be 
you know, he would be the green man again and he wouldn't be this arrogant the twerp. And then and then she would welcome him back into as her consort because you don't mess with you don't mess with her. That was the ultimate, mm -hmm. like, what did I say? Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> so then basically um the two of them then usher in, they both go together and there's a renewed understanding between uh, how nature works and they go and they light all of the fires and, and renew and, and usher in summer. So that is the story of, of the green man and, uh, and the May queen. <laughs> Go May Queen. That's, That's right. So um, May Queen goals. Indeed. <laughs> so I um, personally, I've been, you know, I've celebrated this uh, a great deal of my life. Um, and I I love this time of year. I always, um, I always make, of course, a, uh, an offering of some sort, an herbal offering. Also, you know, um, yeah, I like to, you know, manifest during this time historically. And I believe that the, the veil is between the other side, you know, between loved ones and between the Fae and the other side are open during certain times of the year being, you know, Samhain and definitely, definitely this time of the year and Liva. So um, I always make offerings. I, I leave, uh, I leave cake and wine for the fairies <laughs> and uh, Violet and I've been doing that since she was just tiny. And I very much, I enjoy to have family and friends over to have May wine um, um, often um, any sort of flowers that you find, I like to harvest flowers right out of, you know, my front yard mm -hmm. and uh, viol violets, pansies, jump, um, Johnny jump ups are all edible. So heads up on that, you guys, you can make a beautiful, beautiful, uh, even liqueur with the violets. Uh -huh. uh, oh yeah. Uh -huh. I got, I can hook you up sister. And um, <laughs> the, um, and it, you can make a, uh, Mabel may wine with all of these edible flowers and sweet woodruff, which is growing in my currently growing in my front yard as well. And it's wonderful. Add some, you know, fresh strawberries and it's just wonderful. Mm. And um, I always like to make, you know, maybe fresh bread. I, I like to make fresh salads with, you know, different, um, again, different, you know, herbs and that sort of thing, just to a renewal with, you know, the natural world, the earth, you know, and oh, fun. it's marvelous. And, <laughs> and then um, I also, of course, on my altar, I like to have different um, crystals, etc. And I think that anything that really connects with you, and I think that come into the store, there are tons of us that can, you know, definitely can help. But I think that I always like to um, go with the energy of the time. And I think that that is like rebirth. So I always have like either some sort of yellow orange calcite. Um, I have, uh, I usually have carnelian for the fire, for fire mm -hmm. element, return of the sun, that sort of thing. And then I like to connect with the earth. So like probably oak moss for, you know, the green, um, even green adventuring things that sort of connect with the earth. And then, um, it, you know, this is a time of joy. And if you're looking for, if you're looking for a relationship or something like this, this is a time or maybe possibly try, you know, thinking out of a child, you know, pregnancy, that sort of thing. It's a, a bad word right now, but just in case there's anyone out there <laughs> that might be interested, <laughs> um, you know, definitely uh, uh, Ruby um, and or um, Garnets, I'm sorry, not Ruby Garnets and um, um, I'm trying to think of. Uh, fire quartz is wonderful, I think, too, mm -hmm. for this time. And um, probably uh, 
flower agate. Yes, that's what I was trying to get out of my brain. Um, but um, anything, you know, there's a lot of different ones. And like I said, there are certain ones that are associated with Beltane, but I think also like make it your own at every mm -hmm. celebration, make it your own, come in, look around, see what, what feels right to you. And, um, you know, I hope that everyone out there, but I often don't just celebrate in one day. It becomes sort of like a, you know what I mean? Like a seasonal kind of thing. Like this is the beginning of this. And then it's like day one. Yeah. And it takes me to, you know, till I'm looking to Lyva to the, to, you know, the, mm -hmm. the, the most, uh, the longest day of the year with the sun at the, you know, highest point of summer. So, but, um, you know, celebrate with friends and family and definitely take time for yourself, renew and reconnect with life. I mean, it's just, it's been a long couple of years with COVID and just the winter's been gray and, you know, and it's time for all of us to feel better yeah. in body and spirit. So uh, <laughs> I hope that, um, I hope that all of you enjoyed this and I hope very much that, uh, you know, yes, yeah. wish a lot of blessings to everyone. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm sure we'll be able to, to rope you in for a live. Yeah, podcast. I would love, a live is also one of my faves. Dare I say, I love, I love fairy festivals. I love, you know, joy and celebrations <laughs> and dare I say wine. Well, wine is kind of a, wine. wine. Wine is a good thing. Me. <laughs> exactly. We just had the weed, uh, weed. Wow. <laughs> mead. <laughs> I don't even smoke. Uh, mead. Wait, Jesus. cut all that out. Mead making uh, class. Oh, I know. I, I'm kind of a bum that I missed that because I'm hoping next time to be part of that. So yeah. I was yeah. excited about that. We'll, we'll have it again. We'll have yeah. it again. Yeah. Um, and I noticed on his website, because I'm like, oh, we should do, you know, some of these classes again. Yeah. He had like moonshine. And I'm like, oh, my word. But sir, mm, right? <laughs> why was this not on? Right, exactly. So I want to get a hold of Tom the Tall. Yeah. As I call him. Yeah. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us and um, learning a little more in-depth history, you know, of this fun day upon us. So fun. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we will be... We'll be back again later. Okay. Bye, everyone. <laughs>